New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. Andrea, how have you been? I know that you went to Expo West recently. I did. It was amazing. It was uh, 85,000 people that walked through Expo West this year. A huge amount of people. And yeah, I was really, I think it was like the biggest show ever, which was incredible. So Expo West is a trade show for the retailers in the natural and organic space. And it was pretty awesome. It sounds awesome. You know, I already warned my husband. I said, look, a year from now, I'm going to California and I'm going to Expo Expo West. So, and I'm trying to get my, our friend David Pollock to come with me. So next year is going to be 87,000 people walking through. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) So many, so many great things. Well, today we're going to be talking about living simply. It's funny. I started with the expo though, because even though you're living simply, there's so many great healthy products that we can be using and eating. But I'm, I'm really excited about this book. It is Soulful Simplicity. How living with less can lead to so much more. And Courtney Carver, the author of this fantastic book, joins us now. Hey, Courtney. Hi there. It's so great to have you on the show. I immediately just loved your book. I love how you write in the beginning. I forgot who I was for a really long time. I forgot who I was. It looked like I knew from the outside. I even believed it myself most of the time. But by the way I was building my life and living my life, it's clear I had forgotten. And then you go on and you say, simplifying my life was the way I remembered who I was. That is really beautiful. Talk to us about that. Well, thank you. It it was kind of a surprise, a surprise benefit. I really thought of simplicity initially as, you know, I'd have clean countertops and maybe some empty bookshelves, but I didn't know it would would bring me to so many realizations about myself. And one of the things I discovered is I had just been covering myself up with all of these external things like stuff, like the stuff that I buy and bring into my house with busyness, with just running my life on autopilot, you know, saying yes and and just never slowing down and thinking about what I wanted out of life and who I was and what I believed in. And all of that stuff just got slowly covered up. And when I finally realized it, I I almost didn't recognize myself. And I just thought, how how did I get here? (laughs) Because it wasn't intentional by any means. Um, But realizing that, I also realized that now I had a choice and I could choose to dig out and uncover and figure out what did matter to me and maybe that there was a better way to live my life. Oh, that is great. You know, it's I like that it's not just stuff. It's stuff we keep ourselves busy with. There are things that we keep ourselves busy with. And with social media and so many other distractions, it, it, it can take over. I know for me, I'm I'm really struggling with that balance right now. What was it like for you when you were able to disconnect from a lot of different uh, mediums, whether it be things, shopping, you talk in the book about loving to shop, and I love to shop as well. Uh, mostly a secondhand store. So I, I kind of say, well, I'm doing it good for the environment, but I really don't need this many clothes, <laughs> right? So <laughs> there's, a, there, there's, a, there's a limit, right? Yeah, I started to see all of those things as things that were removing me from my life. And I was doing that part intentionally. Like I was using those things as a distraction from, you know, sometimes from pain, like the shopping was a distraction from the pain of whether it be being bored over the weekend, like I'm bored, that's kind of painful. Yeah. I'm going to fix that quickly by going to the mall and picking something up or the pain of doing work that I didn't enjoy or not feeling well, you know, anything. I think we we're used to trying to cover that up instead of trying to fix it Um, by by feeding ourselves with something from the outside, whether that be um, food or 
stuff or busyness or just stuff. And so for me to recognize that, and it, it took me a long time to get there. Um, it wasn't this like overnight, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. It took me many years to sort it out. Uh, but now that I know, I understand that when I am in pain, my body isn't saying, let's go shopping. It's saying, take care of me. Let's figure this out. Let's feel better in a, in a healthier way. Oh, that's awesome. You know, speaking of pain, I want to mention that you did get diagnosed with MS. And did that come before people haven't read the book? Did that come before you made these changes? Or was that that happened? And you said, whoa, 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 now I really need to simplify because I'm dealing with a, a chronic illness. So my MS diagnosis was the big wake up call that got me mm. to start paying attention and taking some action to create a better life for myself. However, I wasn't prepared to simplify my life. That wasn't the first thing I was, was thinking of. All I wanted to do was figure out how to live well with MS and sure. all the research that I did pointed to stress and, you know, getting rid of stress. And so my, my goal in the beginning was just to eliminate as much stress as possible from my life and as I did that in one area of my life at a time, I realized that the common thread was simplicity. I was simplifying my diet. I was simplifying my finances. I was simplifying my home, my work. It was all, um, all the changes I made were rooted in simplicity. You know, I love in the book how you write, uh, I wasn't born a kale lover. I'm not naturally inclined to exercise and I had no idea how to run a business or start a blog. And I love that you say, um, it's because I do things that I don't want to do. I do things that make me uncomfortable, things I don't think I'm capable of doing and things I don't know how to do. I wish some of the books I've read or health or, and business coaches would talk more about that. We have to do things we don't want to do to be who we want to be and to feel how we want to feel. That's really powerful, Courtney. Well, thank you. I mean, so often I think we, I, I love self-help books, but for, yeah, me too. I just remember <laughs> reading them and thinking like I could never measure up to that or I'm not qualified to do that or I don't know how to do that. And yeah. the more I hear people talk about the fact that they don't know what they're doing either, it makes me feel better because we're all just kind of figuring it out along the way. And yes, we have, you know, different skills and specialties, but we don't have to know what we're doing to take that first step. And we don't have to, um, we don't have to like it either. I think that was a big, uh, uh, I guess, another wake up call for me is just noticing that, hey, I know that if I eat leafy greens, it's going to benefit my body. I don't want to eat them, but I want to feel good. I want more energy. Yes. And so I'm going to eat them. Yeah. And I like that. And I, I mean, exactly what you're saying. It makes so much sense. You know, I, I'm, I have a book coming out next year and, and I'm not the best writer. And, and I, I actually worked with somebody on the book to help me with that. And, but it was scary, right? You got to dig in and, and try things that, that scare you. And, and I really like that message. And I like too, the way you said that we're not talking about that enough. So I'm glad you brought it up in your book. In chapter 15, simple is a new black. I love that you write, as I was simplifying my stuff, there was one area of my home I ignored for a while, dot, 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 my closet. I just didn't want to go there. <laughs> should see how much stuff is shoved in my front closet. And mostly it's because we have two dogs and one of them is a lab and he will like chew everything. So if we leave the house, we literally have to just, if there's anything around, we have to shove it in the closet. So what I've tried to do is actually declutter, have less and less things. So there's not as much to shove, but I still have a ways to go. <laughs> it's just terrible. It, it definitely takes some time. The closet. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had no idea what I was holding on to. It wasn't just clothes, but yeah. so much emotion goes into those clothes. I, it's, 
it stunned me. Mm. Yeah, it's true. And I, I love clothes. I mean, I'm a total clothes horse. I don't know where that expression came from. I don't know what horses and clothes. Maybe somebody else can tell me sometime. <laughs> or maybe you know. Uh, but yeah, I do. And my daughter loves clothes and fashion. She's 13. But we get, like I said in the beginning, we get everything secondhand, which I do think is good. And it's funny because now I barely get anything for myself. I'd rather you know, get it for her and let her use her fashion as like a source of creativity, which she actually does and puts together things and plans it and stuff. But I do think that we don't need as much. In that chapter, you talked about, um, you know, needing way less than you think to be happy. No one cares what you're wearing. Uh, simplicity is a way back to love. A simple closet is a gateway to a simple life. You give such great advice. And what I love too, is you have people really think about these things. And that makes a big difference to make change. Yeah, I think when we're, we have a reason to change, when we're very connected to the why are we changing, the changes stick yeah. versus yes. just changing because we're supposed to, or it's a New Year's resolution, or like I used to change things because I thought that's what was expected of me or what other people wanted me to do. And those changes just never stayed around for very long. I'd always revert back. But once the changes were heart-centered, you know, they were my changes mm, and they were yeah. things that I really believed in, then they made a, real, <clears throat> a really big difference. So to, I think, to be able to share what I've learned along the way, that those might not be the changes or the, the reasons that inspire someone else, but at least you can be thinking about what does inspire me to change. Why do I want to make um, some, some moves in my life here? You talk in the book, Courtney, about uh, joyful discipline, and you have some great tips on that. Talk to us about that. What does that mean? Well, I am, I've discovered, and I fought this for a long time, because I used to think that, you know, making rules or having boundaries would constrain me and hold me back and deprive me, you know, it would be a sacrifice. But what I found is that creating rules for yourself and for your life really help you expand in all directions. Um, it gives you a little bit of a roadmap. And so whether it be, you know, dialing in the, the types of food that you eat or when you're going to check email during the day, you know, creating a, a, a little bit of, I guess, a, a roadmap or some guidelines for yourself is really helpful. And if we approach it in a way that we see, yes, this is helping us achieve these other things that we want to do or allowing us to feel the way that we want to feel, then it's not a the strict, um, you know, depriving process. Instead, it's joyful. And so we have to look at it like that. Like we're the ones that are are putting these boundaries into place and we're doing it for these really good reasons, whatever they may be to you. Um, And we can change them. I think we have to remember that too. You know, if we put some guidelines in place and that they're not working for us, let's change them up, but at least be willing to experiment and see what works best for you. I mean, I think the internet is a great example of a place where a lot of us don't have any boundaries. And so, you know, we wake up and the first thing we do is look at our phones and we do it with the intention of seeing what time it is. But next thing you know, it's an hour later and we know everything about everyone on Facebook and have no idea what we're going to do with ourselves during the day because we've gotten caught up in something we don't even really care about. Um, and then that just goes on all day long um, with the distractions. So if we put some boundaries around that, like I'm not going to look at my phone until 10 a.m. or noon, or if work demands that you have to check email at a certain time, I'm only going to look at email, but nothing else. 
and then have a, a some time during the day where it's internet free time because a lot of the work that we're getting done is compromised by the distractions that we're faced with all the time online. Even though there's great things yeah, there, I mean, true. my business sure. is based online. I'm grateful, grateful for it, uh, but we just yeah, have to put some too. boundaries around it. Well, you know, a thing I did recently, which was huge, is I I deleted my face uh, my Facebook app from my phone, and now I'm never on Facebook, and I feel bad because people are who have my email are like, "Are you okay? Are you still alive? Like, where'd you go?" You know? <laughs> I feel like should I put a note up? Like I, I actually did. Uh, now that I think about it, eventually I think I did say, you know, I'm still here, but I'm gonna be on Facebook much less. Or you know, just you know, not that people are like, "Oh my God, where's Lisa?" But it still kind of felt good to just. And I think that also kind of solidifies it because sometimes people will be like, "Hey, you've been posting." a lot. Didn't you say you're posting less? And at first I get annoyed, but then there's like that, oh, cool. Okay. They're holding me accountable. Even though I didn't ask, <laughs> they're still holding me accountable. Right. right. Now I want to talk about the busy thing because I read this great interview with you and you say, I don't say no because I am so busy. I say no because I don't want to be so busy. I like that. That's right. It's exactly what I do. Yeah. And I used to do the opposite. You just, yes, yes, yes. Until I would mm-hmm. just burn out and be sick. Uh, but now I want time. I want space in my day. Yeah, me too. I mean, I have two dogs and it's really important to me to spend time with them and get them out. And then, you know, I, I want more time to cook. I want more time to listen to music and just unwind and relax. And so even this morning, like I have a deadline and I put on Twitter because I'm constantly on Twitter, which is for business, but I'm still trying to, you know, pull back a little bit. And I said, I'm not going to be on Twitter today. Um, you know, uh, I should have said as much because of course I went on anyway. <laughs> no one's busted me for it yet. <laughs> I love this too. Uh, when your plate is full, you have three choices. Okay. Number one is worry about everything on your plate and complain about how crazy busy you are. Keep piling on more and more until you burn out, break down, or somehow finally get through it all and then burn out and break down. Number two, remove something from your plate to make room for something that matters more. Or three, recognize your plate, or I shouldn't say or, uh, recognize your plate is full and say no to everything else you can enjoy and engage in what is right in front of you. I think most of us just worry and complain. And I think some of us enjoy the busyness. We're, it's, we're so used to it. Yeah, there's a big difference, I think, between enjoying it and being used to it and also exactly. feeling defined by it. Like we feel, yes. I, I, it used to make me feel really important and needed. And um, I don't know, I really defined who I was by what I got done during the day. So if at the end of the day, my to-do list was only half done, I felt like the day was a total failure. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. if I had checked every box, I thought the day was a success. And that is not a great way to measure who you are as a person. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for me, creating more time has allowed me to, you know, treat myself better, treat the people around me better. Uh, and and have time for things that I actually do enjoy. And busyness wasn't one of those things. It was just, I felt obligated to be busy. Um, but I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah, I think that's a real epidemic. I really do. I, I mean, I think, you know, I'm a public health person. It's like busyness. It's like, you know, it, it, it is a really big deal. And we need to question what we're doing and not just stay stuck in it. Another, th- I mean, the book is so fantastic. Another thing you have that I love, uh, and I love all of it, is you know you have lost the art of lingering when uh, you walk through a museum like you walk to your gate in an airport, wrap dinner early to catch your favorite TV show, take your dog for a walk to the mail mo- mailbox instead of the park, eat at your desk typing with one hand, type with both hands brushing crumbs off your keyboard, skip yoga to do extra work, jump out of bed and head right to the shower or the coffee machine, won't make slow cook oatmeal because it's too slow. <laughs> You're really funny. 
Oh, I like to linger. Who lingers anymore, right? I, I mean, you do. Too. So, so I know. Good. <laughs> it took some time to get there. But now that I do, I mean, you get to notice so many things. You actually get to kind of revel in the moment instead of try to rush through it. Like we're always trying to get to the next place. And mm. and I think it's, it's for a lot of reasons. Yes, we have a lot on our plates, but we also fear that we're going to miss something else. And so we never just slow down and engage. I mean, we should be taking more time to eat our dinner than it does to prepare it or clean up after it. Um, We have to start enjoying things more. And I think lingering is definitely the answer to that. So instead of just giving yourself five minutes between appointments, maybe give yourself 15 minutes and see just what that makes if you have an extra 10 minutes to, you know, notice that transition even from one thing to the next. Oh, I bet. Now, how long ago did you start making all these changes, Courtney? I was diagnosed with MS in 2006. And that's when I really started changing uh, my diet and started practicing yoga. And then in 2007, 2008, I started to lean in really slowly to the clutter and my debt, getting rid of debt, which was a huge stress for me. Um, But I think most of our changes happened between 2009 and 2013. All right. You know, one of the things that... It's taken uh, some time. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I think if we expect things to be overnight, it's not going to happen that way. No, it won't. But your your book is such a great place to start. You know, I want to talk to you about children and the idea of simplicity. Because every other second, my daughter's like, Mom, I want you to get me this. Mom, would you get me that? Mom, you need to look at this. I want you to buy. She wants us to buy her. She's obsessed with wind turbines. She's a quirky kid. She wants like a full-size wind turbine in our backyard. We don't live in a roar. <laughs> So like these things that so number one, she's asked me for outrageous things. And number two, like she's I'm like, hun, it's not about things. So she's like, Oh, I want a mansion. And I honestly like we we're very simple people. I'm like, I don't understand where is she getting this, right? I guess society, the messages, this and that. How do we talk to our kids about this? Because she is so more, more, more. And it seems like a lot of kids are like that, even if we're trying to teach them not to be. Yeah, I think most importantly, we have to walk the walk, which it sounds like you're doing a great job of. Um, But kids really, and maybe they don't show it right away, but in my experience, they are really watching what you're doing. They're paying attention more to that than what you're saying. Um, So like, Mm, for instance, we can't be talking on our phone and telling our kids to get off their phone. Um, yes, exactly. They have to see that we're walking the walk and, and, and then also let them in on the conversations that you're having about why you're doing that, about why you're choosing to live simply, about why it's important to take time for what matters to you and how to consider what matters to you. Like, and, and maybe it's not a, you know, a lesson that you, that, that you're saying, okay, sit down. We're going to talk about this, but you, um, you're talking about it with your friends or your other family members and they're hearing that. Uh, I think that is really when it starts to sink in, even though it may not, you may not see the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak, for many years. Um, but when they're starting to make decisions about their adult lives, they, those conversations matter. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm really lucky because my father-in-law lives two miles away. He comes over every day and he showers her with love and he only buys her a present, uh, you know, for Hanukkah or Christmas and her birthday. And that's it. And I see other people whose grandparents are just like, get them anything they want, give them tons of candy and this and that. And, yeah. you know, sometimes, she'll, you know, she'll say, oh, well, Grampy didn't bring me this. this you know, I mean, most of the time she doesn't, but because she's used to it. That's just how it's been. But I, I love that. And I think when we can give our love and our time, that's the best thing. I and mean, that sounds so cliche, but it's true. 
No, it is it's totally true. And I think also helping kids realize how how to be content and how to be extremely grateful for what they have um, by being grateful yes. yourself and expressing that gratitude. And then also maybe like exposing them to people that don't have it so well, to kids that, you know, aren't in their situation. Uh, and always showing, I, I guess, always showing our kids how, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say lucky, but um, sure. how great their life is. Yes. No, I, I think I totally agree. You know, when she was really little, I used to give away. I was a total um, yard sale holic. I swear, like anything at a yard sale. Oh my god, this toy would be ten dollars new. I got it for a dime, but then I ended up with a house full of crap. So, <laughs> um, I would give away stuff when she wasn't around. Stuff I knew she wouldn't miss. And it's only been the last few years where she'll do it with me, and it's great. I mean, because now she'll say, no, mom, you know what? I don't need this. And I know there's kids out there who do. So it's nice when you can instill those values. Courtney, you'll have to come back. The time goes by way too quickly. Before I let you go, I do want to thank Bigelow Tea. They are our sponsor. We love Bigelow Tea for more than 40 years. They've been a family-owned company. Our people realize that, but they're still family-owned. Cindy Bigelow at the helm. And their teas are healthy and wonderful and delicious. So I hope you will check them out. We are able to do this podcast because of them. Thank you so much for sponsoring us this month and being a regular sponsor, BigelowT.com. Courtney, tell us all the ways that we can learn more about you and your wonderful books, I should say. I want to get them all and just have you on again. And I have other shows too. I, I think you have such an important message and you can teach us all so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, the best way to connect with me is through my website, Be More With Less. Dot com and the book is available um, anywhere you buy books. Fantastic. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. I, I want to tell everyone they can find out more about Naturally Savvy, other shows I do on Radio MD, Talk Healthy Today, Talk Fitness Today, and my show, It's Your Health. If you go to itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com, follow us on Twitter at Andrea Donsky, at Naturally Savvy, at Health Media Gal 1, and at Your Radio MD. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.